0: You're listening to your art friends, Beth Radloff and Andrew Thompson. They're about to have a thoroughly unserious discussion about art, but don't worry whether you're Da
1: Vinci or Da Worst, there's room on this palette for every color. If this is your first time listening to creatives brainstorm, be forewarned because once you start looking at life like an artist, there's no undo button. I'm Beth and I'm Andrew and we're, we're your, your art friends. friends. Let's get thankful. Yeah. So, what's 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 up with you? What you working on?
0: What do you think I'm working on? I'm 2 days away from going to San Diego Comic-Con hey, special edition.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: what were those
1: words again?
0: San Diego Comic-Con special edition, my very first convention this week. All of the things that I've been stressing out about ordering for the past three weeks Mm -hmm. came in the mail. I have the whole setup, and now I just have to test it.
1: It looks so good. Thanks. I'm very happy with it. Are we going to share with the listeners on Twitter a picture of of your setup? Definitely. By the time this episode,
0: I was going to say by the time this episode comes out, you'll have seen me there, but maybe not. I don't know how I'm going to do this. This might be a back-to-back episode. There might be one on Thursday, Thanksgiving, and then this one comes out on Friday because we're now a Friday podcast. We're not a Thursday release podcast anymore. We're a Friday podcast because your girl, the editor, is tired and she can't do it on a Wednesday anymore. I'm not going to complain. It's my job.
1: You do have a lot going on, so I don't blame you. Fridays are yeah, good. Well,
0: we are, everybody's got a lot going on all the time. We're getting into the holiday season and now throw your family into the mix. But you're
1: also moving or going to be moving and renovating your new place and all that.
0: You're right. I should give myself a little bit more leeway.
1: Yeah. And, and you also just designed a, a table set up and ordered everything and got it all on time.
0: Uh Uh-huh. And I need to make a little plaque and put Andrew's name on it because the money that he paid me for helping him out at Gen Con is how much money it cost to set up this entire booth from uh, the ground up. And so you're, you're listening to the investor in my success, Andrew Thompson.
1: Did you ever have to read Great Expectations? No. Oh. The whole premise is just this kid gets a benefactor who like helps them out and like. So our dynamic, them. and all right, I I am suddenly realizing I'm like, oh, this is what it's like to be a, that that mysterious. Well, not mysterious in this case, but benefactor. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, yes, you just put my my name on it. You wouldn't be here Ooh. without me. <laughs> there you go. And
0: that's that's what he sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pumped. Yeah, I'm pumped. So you might be listening to this episode. The Day of the first day of the con. (laughs) If you're listening to it on Friday. I hope I'm not sweating too bad, but that's, I'm sweaty cash, so I probably will be. Yeah,
1: I am honestly so impressed by everybody who in your Twitch chat has called you sweaty cash since that episode. Because I feel like every time I pop into your Twitch chat, almost always... There's one or two people who call you Sweaty Cash.
0: Do you want a nickname? Con Daddy? (laughs) Benefactor Con Daddy? (laughs) The
1: the one thing I will say is the Benefactor part... joking i was joking about that please don't make that in there cuz i don't want it to sound like i don't want it to sound like i need, and sweaty I need cash. that that uh, no one thinks that. that i know but i'm a little midwest boy and i think that and it makes me anxious and sweaty Aww.
0: well how's your little midwest boy life going
1: uh it's going <laughs> good i think i'm i'm cultivating my very own central perk because Ooh. i've been i've been trying to get in a more in like a healthier habit of kind of self-care and making time for myself to focus on what i want to do in yeah. terms of art cuz i feel like the last couple of months it's been a lot of just like focusing solely on client work day in and day out and then you know scrambling for a convention and not really drawing for myself and to to fix that a few weeks ago I was kind of a little bummed one day and I was like you know what I'm gonna go over to the coffee shop I'm gonna take my sketchbook I haven't sketched in this new sketchbook I got and I'm gonna go over there I'm gonna sit down I'm gonna put pencil to paper like like the the artists of old and and make some things and since then, I've gone over three or four times a week and just spent like two hours, two and a half hours, maybe one and a half hours if I don't have much time and just sat there and drawn. And it's been really great because in that short amount of time, I feel such this cool sense of community within my like immediate neighborhood yeah. of people who are also regulars who come in pretty often. and talk to the people that work at the coffee shop because like we all just kind of know each other now. And it's kind of cool to like know different people's names at the coffee shop when I go in there.
0: How do you do that? Cause I, between you and then front of the show, Autumn who I've talked about on here, she's so good at going to, to specifically tea shops mm-hmm. and meeting the owner and the owner knows her name and her order and she like i'll be like hey I'm, I'm setting up for a convention and she'll be like oh my friend who runs this tea shop uh this is where they get all of their shipping supplies i can get you a discount because i know the owner who knows this other person and i'm like bitch all you do is go there and buy tea how did you form this like incredible <laughs> this professional network. relationship with this person yeah, yeah. I don't get it. Because if when I go to the coffee shop over and over, I order my coffee, I sit in the in the middle of the room and mm-hmm. no one talks to me and I don't talk to anybody. And then I leave and I go, why didn't the magic happen? <laughs> why am I not a member of the community yet? So, so teach me, teach me the magic.
1: I think one big factor is that my coffee shop, they have a little um, a bar that's like right by the cash register where they make all the drinks. Yeah, And typically I go over there in the middle of the day and they close at 3 p.m. So they're not very busy, like during like from noon to three, I would say. And so I usually go over there around noon anyway. And it's like one, two other people in there. So I go up, order, sit down at the bar and I start sketching. And typically the barista or whoever's working, they end up just kind of being on their phone and sitting on the other side of the bar, like waiting for any customers. And usually we get into chatting or something like, you know, a song will come on and one of us will say something and it just kind of like starts from there. Or like if I'm drawing, they'll be like, oh, what you working on? And like sometimes I'll show them and we'll chat for a little bit. So proximity, I'm learning it, proximity. It, it, proximity is such a big factor in just making friends. Like I feel like you just had to be in the same place.
0: <laughs> for them to finally go, my name is Aquafaba. And you'll be like, that's
1: unusual. Aquafaba. It's a very easily Googleable name. I would say that. It's true. It's very the branding. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been really cool. And I now know like four different regulars' names. And and uh one's an artist or a tattoo artist, and the other one is really really big into mental health, which was really fun to talk about and like their experience with like going to therapy and 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 things like that. Awesome. I hope that keeps up. Yeah, me too, because it's been, I've gotten a lot done in terms of working on the comic and kind of reacquainting myself with that project.
0: That, do you think that tattoo artist could eventually
1: become a rival? There's potential. There's potential.
0: It's week four of Thanksgiving, where we talk about friends, family, mentors, and rivals who got us to where we are now. Last week, we talked about mentors. This time around, you guessed it. We're talking about that tattoo artist. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Potentially. <laughs> but first, would you rather have one rival that's better than you at everything or 10 rivals who are all better than you at one specific thing?
1: This is tricky, right? Yeah. I don't I don't know if I have a preference here. Do you want one Marvel superhero villain or the League of Weirdos? Is it messed up that I viewed this as like, instead of like one Marvel supervillain, I looked at it as like, oh, it's me versus like All Might from My Hero.
0: That just means that you (laughs) see yourself as a good boy. (laughs) Or does it see me as in
1: opposition to the good boy?
0: (laughs) Well, if you were, uh, if it was a hero villain thing, it would be opposition, but it's yeah, a rivalry. It's rivalry and rivalries are not yeah. in opposition to each uh, other. They are in competition with each other.
1: I think, you know what? I'm going to so go. you're just Deku. just a Deku boy. <laughs> I do cry as much as Deku
0: does. <laughs> hell yeah, dude.
1: That was my takeaway from season one when I first started watching it. I was like, Deku cries a lot. And season three, he try- he'll never stop. Yeah, I think I, I think I would pick the, the multiple ones because then I feel like it gets me a more well-rounded um, skill set over time. Yeah, more seasons of your anime, too. Yeah, that's true. Uh-huh. With all the filler.
0: If you want it. Yeah, dude, I'm also of the 10 rivals mindset. And here's my end goal. Here's, I think, what would be the coolest thing. I was recently listening to a podcast that was talking about economics and I learned this term called comparative advantage. Mm-hmm. And comparative event advantage can be applied to your businesses and stuff, but it can mm-hmm. also be applied to people. So let's say, let's say, theoretically, I was an artist and I'm really good at drawing, but I'm shitty at answering my emails. Yeah. My comparative advantage is drawing. If If you sit me down at a computer and mm-hmm. you ask me to answer emails all day, or you ask me to draw all day, I will be much better at the drawing part than I am at the answering emails part. But I've got a friend, and his name is Podcast Dad, James Gressel, and he's fucking great at answering emails, and he sucks at drawing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Podcast Dad. (laughs) Hate to break it to you. (laughs) He knows.
0: (laughs) So, with our powers combined, I pay him money to answer my emails, and I get to draw instead of answering the emails because comparative advantage says, hey, let's all play to our strengths. So with that in mind, what if we get these 10 rivals and, and you to work together to form a company that is just so great at everything because of collaboration?
1: Yeah. I think that... Listen to him. He goes... God, we'd yeah. be unstoppable. There it is. There <laughs> it is. That's the energy I
0: was looking for. All Might. Unstoppable. Indeed. Plus Ultra. Yeah.
1: Well, my, I just saw the third My Hero movie. I went with uh, Corey to go see it in theaters. <laughs> it was really cool. And it was very much a team up, like a bunch of heroes versus the bad guys again.
0: That's us, baby. That's our 10 rivals. We're yeah. a bunch of heroes. We're going to jump through the sky, do a little freeze frame, take a picture, put it on an album cover.
1: What anime trope would you be if you were, if we're looking at ourselves in, in this anime trope of like, yeah, anime hero. What anime hero what, trope What's the you?
0: question that you're asking me?
1: Like, like if you had to, comp- I guess it would be more of if you picked an anime character, that you were most similar to? What would it be?
0: Fucking high school girl? <laughs> high school girl who has self-esteem issues. That one?
1: <laughs> well, like, is there, a, is there, like, a an anime superhero character that you would align yourself with? I want to be? Yeah. Hmm. Like, were you Kagome? Were you, like... No trying to think of who else sailor moon no sailor moon stinks (laughs) i don't mean that it's a controversial stink.
0: no her personality (laughs) is bad that's what i'm trying to say Uh, okay got it got it got it it. (laughs) she's whiny and cries and annoying uh maybe when she gets older she's cooler but definitely in the beginning of sailor moon i'm like please please just be the hero part of you because when you're in bed and complaining about homework i i'm I'm 30 and I don't care. Anyway, um, I keep wanting to answer with
1: joke answers. What's the joke answer? Bakugo. <laughs> <laughs> you can be Bakugo. That's I'll cool. Just be like
0: an emotionally stunted, hardworking asshole. That's me.
1: <laughs> it's just like, don't tell me what to do. <laughs>
0: <sighs> Exploding sweaty cash. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there, there it is.
0: It's, his sweat is nitroglycerin. And my sweat is cash. Yeah. What a power. I just pay for anything. With my own anxiety. What a power. <laughs> so let's talk about the question, cultivating a healthy rivalry. Yes.
1: Yes. So I found this article that was um, kind of some insights on healthy rivalries and it says the surprising benefits of having a professional rivalry. And this kind of mm. comes from more of the like business and like work side of things, but I felt like a lot of it applied to in general like art um rivalries. So, one thing that was found in a couple of these different studies was that like anytime Uh, employees had like a rival in the workplace they tended to be more engaged loyal and committed to their work which I feel like when it comes to art if you have somebody that you're a rival with who's another artist who does something better than you or or that you think is they do better than you you kind Mm -hmm. of are more committed to pushing your work and and you know Going the extra mile and making sure the thing that you're making is the best it can be. Yeah. It also said that they felt more empowered to innovate or to take charge. Does the article talk at all about anger? Uh, It does say towards the bottom things to avoid in terms of negative rivalries. Because I feel like there is that very fine line of like you don't want to cross into the negative space. I ask about the anger thing because... I'm learning Mm -hmm. in
0: therapy that anger is not inherently bad. It's not a bad thing. It's just an emotion the way that any other emotion is. And it's a necessary emotion. And as a matter of fact, anger has a lot of really positive benefits. And one of them is creativity. It's proven, scientifically proven, that if you are in a work situation and are made to become angry you and your group that you're working together with will generate more and better ideas because anger is fuel. It's power. It's, uh, uh, uh it's energy.
1: We've all seen Naruto. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And there's bad displays of it, but I also think that when it comes to a professional rivalry, mm-hmm. which is such a complicated and interesting relationship arrival, it really is. It can be a friendship. Doesn't have to be a friendship. It can be a positive dynamic. Sometimes it's not a positive dynamic. Yeah. But in all cases, I I think that that other person can sort of kindle a fire within you Mm -hmm. to be better. And that fire, even though we might not want to see it as anger, that is a component. There is a component of, of envy, jealousy, rage that is like useful yeah
1: and not hopefully not detrimental. Do you think it comes down to a matter of being self-aware when you feel those things? Like if you see another artist and you start to get, you know, jealous of how they're doing or the work that Mm -hmm. they do and, you know, how well they're doing or whatever, do you think the difference is self awareness and recognizing that and going, okay, I know that I feel this? Yeah. But I'm not going to let it become this this, uh, detrimental thing and become this, like, balled-up, like, rotten kind of feeling towards this person.
0: I think there is no such rule as that. Because both of us in our lifetimes have had rivals when we were emotionally dumb babies. (laughs) And that rivalry spurred us on in in good ways. I think that... um, when you are emotionally intelligent, when you are able to like understand the way that you feel as complexly or as simply as it is, um, you can better harness that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: more actively harness it. But even if you don't really understand what's going on between you and, and your feelings with a rival, it can still motivate you in a positive way. Yeah. It might not. It might motivate you to, like, hate yourself and get upset at your own inability of things or angry or jealous of, of that other person. And it, it motivates you to go online and be like, Subtweet about people. Yeah. And so having that emotional understanding will prevent you from uh doing those rash things cuz you'll be like oh i see i'm feeling envy i'm just going to feel this envy and i'm not going to subtweet somebody and, and yeah. try to hurt somebody else
1: yeah i think it's so interesting how it can very easily go negative in terms of rivalry like i feel like that's the one that like is on the thinnest possible tight rope yeah in terms of the different um relationships we've talked about so far
0: and i would go as far as to say we might be split on this i think it's okay to have a negative rivalry yeah like there's a roommate that i had in college who was an absolute monster to me she was mean to me for she pretended i didn't exist for an entire year to the point where uh she would walk into the room actively say hi to everybody and ignore me not make eye contact truly like mean girl
1: shit wow
0: that girl can I I will have nothing to do with her. The moment that I got a job out of college, she all of a sudden follows me on Twitter and started like DMing me on Instagram and oh that shit. Gosh. No, no. But do I periodically go to her accounts and see how she's doing and like try to be better than her? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You better believe it. Is that bad? No. Yeah. Is it motivating? Is that that little kindling fire in my heart? <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> hell yeah. Like I said I've said before, spite is one hell of a motivator. Yes
0: it is. Yes it is. And it's not that I wish harm on her, nothing like that. Yeah. I just don't want anything to do with her for the rest of my
1: life. It's fine. That's fair. I have those people.
0: Yes it is.
1: Um there were definitely people that weren't like not artists but just people I knew growing up that definitely fell in that category of like oh Do I also periodically check on on them on Facebook? Yes. (laughs) Do I ever talk to them or interact with them? No.
0: No. I used to play cello. I played cello for like eight years and I was good at it. And so was Evan. And Evan and I were (laughs) neck and neck in our class. So every semester we would switch first chair and second chair. And it was a fierce rivalry to try to be better than the other one. Um, And I'm proud that the two of us... Annihilated everybody, third chair and back, yeah, it was really a race between two people uh I didn't and we know you played we challenge. were yeah, we were better because of each other, but he was really mean to me. <laughs> he was so fucking mean to me, and a couple months ago, I realized I'd forgotten his last name, huh so I couldn't look him up or anything. I was talking to a, a high school buddy of mine, and I was like, who the fuck What? I remember Evan.
1: Well, it's funny. One of the things, one of the like tips that this article gave towards the end was to avoid like going into the negative space was um, avoiding what they called enemy ships. Enemy ships. Yeah. Like friendships, but like enemy ships. Oh, so not enemies to lovers. Yeah, no, not that. Maybe that's the anime version where it's like they start out as enemies and then they become lovers.
0: Yeah, that's the Beth's bookcase version. (laughs)
1: Uh, So it mentioned competing against people in another team or group. And then also to avoid high stakes win-lose situations where there's no like Mm -hmm. everyone benefits type of a thing. Yeah. And I think especially in art, it's weird because it's like unless there is like a really defined set goal, you're not going to find those win-lose situations, I feel like. Especially when you get later in life and, like, you know, where we are now in our careers. It's no longer, like, competing for the the teacher's attention in terms of, like, having the project that's like, this this piece is perfect. I wouldn't change a thing for this assignment. Blah, 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 blah.
0: Yeah. And what we're trying to do individually is often different. Yeah. Like, the stories that my pieces are telling, the stories that your pieces are telling are not the same story. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it's not fair to put them up next to each other and say, hey, which one is better?
1: Yeah.
0: It's also subjective. Yeah. So it's, it's, that's fun. It's a yeah. fun element. But I'm stuck on this enemy ships thing. I've never heard of that before.
1: And it's making me rack my brain <laughs> to, to wonder if I have an enemy ship. Ooh, enemy ship is a, uh, there was a link to, to Urban Dictionary. So it's a relationship between two or more people where the people are enemies.
0: I didn't need that that's, to say that to that's me. It.
1: <laughs> I could infer that from the word yeah, itself. Right? But it's like, <laughs> thank you, Urban Dictionary. You've <laughs> done nothing but enrich our society. I had a boss I really didn't like, but the thing
0: about a, a ship
1: mm-hmm.
0: is that you stay on it, and I don't know that I have any I mean, friendships or do enemy an ships that ship and exactly that's why I don't think I have enemy lifeboat. ships because. I don't want to have a long term committed enemy. That feels bad.
1: Yeah. Like, why would I choose to be in this? Like, I'm peace out. You can go down with the ship. I'm going to go. A, yeah.
0: <laughs> you can go down with the ship. You dido this. I'm going to hold my hands up and surrender.
1: I, I'm not about to be one of the musicians on the Titanic playing as the ship goes down. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was not a musician in school. I will just be hopping on one of them boats and peacing out. I shave my face. I'll look like a child. It's fine. Women and children. <laughs> <laughs> That's your technique. Yeah. I'm Women and children too. and
0: no one can be enemies with a man without a beard. <laughs> I understand that article making that distinction, though, because if you're in an office workplace environment and you have to spend time around all of these people. Yeah. Yeah, don't cultivate yourself an enemy ship. Yeah. That said, that one boss that I had... Do I say his name? You guys won't know. It doesn't matter. He sucked.
1: <laughs> we've, we've all had those experiences. I feel like I remember a few people when I worked at Reebok that I felt that way. And it was... Looking back, I'm like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. Um, feel that way? Well, like, it in terms of, like, the whole, like, enemy ships of, like, competing against people in another team or group, like, there was a... There was this kind of trope, I guess, of of the design team not getting along with the development team because Ah. they would like shoot down our ideas and like they'd be like, we don't have the money for that. That's we we can't afford that. We got to cut that thing, which is, you know, our favorite part of the the the, you know, running apparel for the next season. Now we had to pare it down and make it boring that kind of a thing yeah and so there was a little bit of thing. a rivalry in that regard which like i i mean granted was never like super detrimental but was still like a thing that we would like talk about occasionally we'd be like show and show and development yeah we
0: had the same thing in um the movie trailer houses The editing department and the graphics department had contention. I wouldn't call it a rivalry. Yeah. It was just an enemy ship where (laughs) the graphics would be like annoyed at the editors for the same reasons every single week. And then editors would be annoyed at graphics for the same reasons every single week. And we could change all of these things. But why would we change it? That's how we've been doing it forever.
1: Yeah. That's how that works.
0: Yeah. Every time you try to like innovate, people are like, but it's. Pretty much works and change is hard. It's like, yeah, but everybody hates each other. So (laughs) maybe there's a better way. Just saying. Yep. And Mike and I perhaps will be the ones to bridge the gap because I, Juliet from graphics and he, Romeo (laughs) from editing, found
1: each other. (laughs) I was going to be like, but then the real... The real goal is to have somebody in each department fall in love with each other and that'll uh-huh. fix it. <laughs> we're we're legitimately
0: considering him and I to put together a mini consultation firm where we go and, and talk out these problems because it is it's prevalent. Like every company has this issue between these departments. Yeah. And it's systemic is what you would call it. Mm-hmm. Not a rivalry though. Oh, okay. Perfect timing. We have been employed by the Great Artist Council to write for the Weekly Artist Newsletter. A super real and secret publication that proves that art talent Talent. is actually just magic. Magic. And the only way to know how to use it is to have a subscription.
1: subscription.
0: This week, I think Andrew and I have the responsibility to you, receivers of the Weekly Artist Newsletter, to
1: teach you how to find yourself a rival. My first way to find a rival is to, once you once you figured out the person that you're like, this, this, is my, this is my rival, this is the person, you go up to them and you just go, want a race? And then you just start sprinting. And if they sprint after you, you're rivals.
0: I think that's beautiful. That's the simple, that's, let's say that's the playground method. I'm going to write that down. The playground method of finding a rival. I am over here thinking that we got to open up the birth charts. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, what's your birthday? Find somebody else who was born same day, same time, same hospital, if you can. Yeah, ideally. And, uh, even better... If there's a celestial
1: event. Celestial event like what?
0: A comet. Ooh, okay. An eclipse. Uh, the planetary alignment of Saturn and Venus. Mm-hmm. Upon the birth of the two of you, uh, figure out where they live. And then go to their house and say, knock, knock. Hello, I am your, <laughs> I am your destined rival. Look, here's the proof. And then it'll hold up your birth certificates. Yes. Side by side.
1: That has to be, like, one of the first things you say. Otherwise, they might think that you're breaking and entering.
0: You don't want them to confuse you with any other kind of interaction. This is not a friendship. This is not a breaking and entering. This is not a romantic proposition. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how this is going to end up. We're just talking about the first part of the relationship, (laughs) which is rivalry. Yeah. Uh, Another thing... Ask your mom if you have any long-lost siblings.
1: Mm, that's always a good one, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Go up against the black sheep of the family. That's
1: that's the, uh, the Itachi Sasuke method.
0: Uh-huh. I haven't watched Succession, but I think that's also maybe a part of it.
1: Me neither. All the siblings <laughs> want
0: the money. <laughs> Let's talk about the plot of Succession.
1: <laughs> Is that what we've become? <laughs> We're now a succession podcast so, and they, that and neither of us not have be. ever seen. <laughs> that would be a terrible podcast. Is there, is there a podcast like that where like none of the hosts have seen the thing that they're talking about, but they talk about I it? I had
0: an idea. I had an idea to do a podcast a couple years ago where we watched the first episode of a long-running series. So the mm-hmm. first episode of The Sopranos and then the last episode of The Sopranos. And the, the podcast itself is us just guessing what happened in the middle. <laughs>
1: That's so, oh my God, that's so funny. You're basically writing like fan fiction f- that for for the in-between. Yeah. It's a fanfic sandwich. It's a fanfic
0: sandwich. That's what it's maybe called.
1: I'm really good at coming up with names for podcasts.
0: <laughs> and I, I like it because I think that the people who would listen to it would be very into the idea or incredibly upset by the idea. Yeah. Because I want Sopranos fans to come to the show and be like, you've ruined it for yourself. <laughs> And we're like, I don't care. <laughs> Game of Thrones, episode one. Oh Game of Thrones, God. episode
1: 382. Oh. oh, my God. Why, why didn't I think of that? <gasps> hey! Okay, I'm
0: sorry, Weekly Artist Newsletter. we <laughs> got to put you on hold. Because it's wood it never fails that each week we see someone do something creative that makes us say, why didn't I think of that? So before we
1: move on with the show, let's applaud those who did it first. Andrew. What's mm-hmm. yours? Uh, so the other day while working at the coffee shop, when I met the the new friend who is the tattoo artist, uh, we were talking. Potential rival. Yes. The potential rival tattoo artist. Um, we got on the subject of see-through technology. And you all know my my feelings towards see-through technology. But why? Very positive. But Andrew loves it. I love it so much. It's it's an aesthetic that I I wish would come back. I want an iPhone that I can see through. Um, but we we're talking about it, and they brought up the fact: Why have we never seen see through technology with silly illustrations on the inside, like gears or a mouse inside of a wheel? That is like the silly way of how this object works. So like. You have a see-through oh. phone that has maybe a, a tiny mouse running on a wheel, powering other gears, and then there's, like, a Yo, speaker. Dude. Like, why don't we have illustrations like that on the inside of see-through technology?
0: Make that! You could make you could make a phone case that is uh, holographic in a way. Not holographic in that it, like, shifts, shift, shifts, but mm-hmm. uh, maybe this exists. It's like a resin hologram a resin hologram where there's depth to the case or yeah. depth to the illustration and it's transparent, it's see-through, there's layers to it, and it's exactly what you're what you're describing. This makes me think of um RGB cases for computers. Yeah. Some processors come with a little screen and you can program an image to like play on the screen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh and you see it a lot with like anime, at least I see it a lot with cute anime setups where they'll have just some little bouncy kawaii girl in it yeah um but you can put a little running running mouse in there but i like i like what you're that's cool i like this idea
1: i was like oh my god like i immediately pulled my phone out and wrote it down in the in the uh, notes app because i was like that is Mm -hmm. a great idea and i was like why why haven't any companies ever done that with the see-through tech
0: totally and it doesn't have to be cutesy patootsy like mice running on wheels it could be Um, Like taking your aesthetic, Andrew, Mm -hmm. have some kind of fantasy scene of like a chain gang powering your phone or uh, dragon fire is what what heats the battery to the. the, So when you touch the back of your phone, it's warm because that's where the dragon fire is is going. Ooh, there's a lot of applications to that. If you develop something, you can tell I've had a lot of coffee. I'm like very idea driven today. Um, If you develop some way to make phone cases or coffee mugs or. No, not coffee mugs. There's no technology in a coffee mug, but uh, tech case. <laughs> yeah, that can have a three dimensional design element to it. You let me know, and I'll I'll draw the cute shit, and you draw the cool shit, and then we will be famous.
1: Yeah, and rich. Yeah, and then I don't have to do any more work ever again. Back to the artist newsletter.
0: If you're really serious about getting rival, you have to have been born in a small town with a laboratory in it
1: and head out to the woods. Yes, and you'll meet the person who runs the research facility and and one of their younger relatives. That younger relative is going to be your rival. For the rest of your life. It will require that you both own, like, a different colored squirrel. And occasionally you kind of throw them at each other
0: you make them one of them
1: until one of them collapses
0: yeah but don't worry they're not dead they're just um witted out
1: (laughs) yes and then you'll have to take them to the vet to get them you know back in uh tip-top shape it'll take like two seconds yeah periodically you'll run into this uh, guy always at the worst times
0: like right after you've had your squirrel fight another bunch of squirrels yeah. and you think, okay, cool, I'll have some time to go to the, the vet and repair my squirrel. And then this guy will just show up and be like, fight my squirrel right now. And you're like, fuck,
1: I don't want to fight your squirrel. I don't want to fight your squirrel.
0: And that's what a rivalry is, man. Yep. It's a squirrel fighting.
1: Yep. So that's another way to f- how to find a rival. If you live in a small town.
0: And if you live in a big one, just punch someone on the street and you're off to the
1: races. That's another form of it. You could just punch somebody instead of going up and saying, do you want to race? You just punch somebody and then start running. I wouldn't recommend that one, though. Yeah, that one. It's high risk, high reward. That one. If you're you
0: know what? If you're an artist listening, I wouldn't recommend it. If you're a a tie fighter, that's a Star Wars thing. If you're a (laughs) kickboxer. That'd be
1: fine. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I could do the noise of a TIE fighter. (laughs) That like... (sighs) It's like that scream kind of a noise. The TIE fighter noise. It's like real high-pitched. What is it? It's like super, super... Ah, fuck. It's so like high-pitched and like... Specific, but it almost sounds like a high-pitched like robot scream. I can't, I can't do it. I just tried. My attempt was the, That sounded terrible. Yeah. <laughs> don't edit that into a video of, of TIE Fighters. It won't, it won't be pleasant.
0: Yeah, no, no don't punch any, don't oh punch God. anybody. Instead, you know what you should do? Next time you're in a situation, let's say you're in school. I don't know how old you are. Let's pretend you have a class. And then a big test happened. And yes. all the test store scores got released, and you get to see the list of everybody's test scores. Just whoever's at the top, target that
1: person. They're your <laughs> rival now. Yep, the best of the best. That that is also a fair good way to do that. I think we've given them plenty of options. Yeah, that 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 does cover a lot of them. I'm trying to think, I think I had another one, but I, it just disappeared.
0: Alternate reality, you doppelganger. If you see a doppelganger, that's automatically your rival.
1: Yeah. There can only be one. That's the rule. And then you got to find that person and find out what they do and do it better. Yeah. Change your career. Take over their life or make them change their career. Ooh, Maybe they're bad at your career. That's the real power move. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> be so good at something that you make somebody change oh their career.
0: Oh, my God. Be the one who that. That's the final thing, dude. You need to be at the top of the class so other people target you as the rival.
1: Uh, So you don't have to do any work to get rivals. You become the honey, the honey rival where they come to you. Uh
0: Uh-huh. Like bears to the pot. Yeah.
1: That's a good one.
0: I like that one a lot. Yeah. Honey, the honey rival. (laughs) Yo, dude. I love that.
1: I remember in, in college, I had a paint and color theory class my first year, and we learned how to like oil paint and also color theory. And I remember in the first few weeks, we did our first oil painting. It was the first time i had ever touched oil paint. And we we're doing the still life of a skull and some other things. And like second painting session, we we were like took a break and we had to step back from our paintings and walk around the room and look at everybody's paintings. And this was still when all the majors were mixed together. So it was some illustrators, some graphic designers, some fashion majors, some fine art kids, some industrial designers, and we're all walking around. And I remember (laughs) seeing a friend of mine who, at the time we didn't know each other, but later on, like as the semester progressed, we became pretty good friends. She saw my painting and flipped it off (laughs)
0: because she was mad Uh at how good it was. (laughs)
1: And she told me that later on. She was like, I was so mad at how good you were at the beginning of the semester. (laughs) (laughs) You were the honey rival.
0: Hi, I'm Beth. And you know that. But what you might not know is that I'm a Denik Notebook ambassador. So why? Well back in 2018, my tax man told me I needed a planner, so I just went into an office depot and grabbed a cute one. It was made by a company called Denik, and that started one of the most long-term relationships of my life because I liked that planner so much, I went ahead and bought five of their stay-flat notebooks. I signed up for their ambassador program because I was already telling people to buy them. No one asked me to make this ad. I had to look up what they're called, but I just love the classic lay-flat notebooks. They have a smith binding so their spines look tidy on a shelf, they're the perfect A5 size, and most importantly, they do indeed lay flat on your desk regardless of what page you're turned to. I've never had to fight these to get them to stop creeping closed while I'm writing. And Denik works with and pays a wide range of artists to create illustrations for their velvety soft covers. So... If you're in need of a notebook, planner, or even sketchbooks, head over to denik.com. That's D E N I K.com and enter code B E R A D at checkout for 15% off your order. That's denik.com. Find your favorite thing there and then enter code B R A D at checkout for 15% off your order. Thanks. Back to the show. Hey, Beth. Yes,
1: Andrew? Can we talk about rival colors?
0: What? Yes. Yeah, you've <laughs> piqued my interest.
1: So, first off, I'm a little upset at the fact that we call complementary colors complementary and not rival colors because they're crossing each other. When you mix them together, they make gray. That's they so... They should be
0: rivals. You're right. You are absolutely right. That's always bothered me, too. I don't think complementary colors... Complement each other. Complementary mm-hmm. colors make each other louder. Yeah, you're. These are rival colors, dude. <laughs> like
1: you're, you're right. just trying to one up each other. That's all those colors are doing. They're just one each other.
0: And that's why every sports logo that you've seen is complementary colors because they're they're head butters. Yeah. Purple and yellow head butt. teal and red rivals. The other ones green and fucking what
1: (laughs) no that's green green and yellow
0: what's greens buddy regardless by definition complementary colors slash rival colors are direct opposites on the color wheel when you put them next to each other they vibrate they hurt your eyes they are loud in the ways that visual things can be
1: loud Don't you love how we describe how there's this vocabulary when talking about color that we use words that we associate with sound?
0: Yeah. Like loud. Sometimes when I talk vibration. about art with my in-laws who are not artists, yeah. uh, they will just like politely smile and go, you're so unique. And I'm like, no, it's a thing. It's like a thing. Yeah. It's the only way that we can talk about God. is like this. Yeah. It's magic. It's beautiful. It's art.
1: I want a color god. I want to pray to the color gods. Would there be multiple color gods or would there just be one? You said S. I know. You
0: put a, you pluraled it. Roy G. Biv.
1: <laughs> Those are the three, the three color gods. Legion. <laughs> the legion. father, son, holy spirit. <laughs> Roy G. Biv.
0: Roy G. and Biv. <laughs> oh, fuck. Why didn't I think of that? But we already did it.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, that would be such a funny T-shirt. <laughs> like it Roy looks G. like from band, far the away. Father, it the looks, the holy it ghost. looks like a like religious, like Christianity, like T-shirt. Yeah, but it's Roy G. and Biv. <laughs>
0: that's gonna be that's gonna be your art friends merch, dude.
1: Oh God. So anyway, earlier this week, I tried googling why do we call complementary colors complementary, and I could mm. not find a satisfactory answer because I was uh, like I was spurred on by the fact that again I don't believe that they complement each other I feel like they are rivals and so Mm -hmm. I I was trying to find why we call them that and I couldn't find any anything about that I kept finding articles that were just like the three things you need to know about complementary colors like that they're opposite from each other on the color wheel and stuff like that but I did find something really cool that I thought was a fun uh, exercise and the fun exercise comes from number three on this article um, where it is, if you look at, if you look at a color, like a really bright saturated color on like a yeah. computer screen or a printout or something like that, and you look at it for um, 10 to 20 seconds mm-hmm. and then you look away from that thing mm-hmm. to a white space or something neutral you will see this after image that is the the complementary color of the color you were looking at. Yeah. Because your eye is seeking a neutral. And so it's trying to compensate and counteract the color that you're looking at. Yeah. And so then when you look away, that's how you have the after image. That's the the complementary color. Which I thought was really cool. So it's like if you are struggling, if if you don't have maybe a color wheel at your disposal to to find a color opposite of the other color, a little cheat that you could do is you could look at the color that you want to find the opposite for for 10, 20 seconds and then look away onto a white surface or something kind of neutral or blank.
0: So earlier, I couldn't remember what the complementary color of green is. I'm going to fucking do it, dude. You keep talking. I'm just going to stare at this <laughs> green screen uh, thing.
1: Yeah. So basically how it works is the longer you rest your eyes upon a color, the deeper you are fatiguing your eyes. The eye is yeah, seeking a neutral. Cones? Yeah. So after staring at a single color, then looking away at a white wall per se you will see a glowing color that is the complement of the color you were staring at. Also, for everybody listening, Beth is doing this by just putting her phone directly up against her face, touching her nose, like smashed against her eyes, when she could just stare at it <laughs> without doing that.
0: Now, this will this will give me the best data. But now I have to remember where a white thing is in my room. Because my walls are gray. I'm going to look at the gray wall. You ready? Okay. Pink, 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 pink. <laughs> It's very pink. Everything's very pink. Whoa. Complimentary. Ooh. Right? I'm kind of scared.
1: <laughs> Isn't it cool? Like I I never thought about that before of like why I, why why our eyes see that like after image.
0: Yeah, it it, it cause it, it depletes, it exhausts mm-hmm. our um the color cone that is activated with whatever you're looking at. Yeah. And so yeah, it compensates the opposite way. And then over time, it softens back to what everything else normally looks like. That yeah. though, yes, I could have just looked at my phone, a comfortable uh, foot and a half away from my face, and then looked, and there'd be like a little square of pink. But instead, yeah, my whole life for a moment there was fuchsia.
1: <laughs> I love it. Was it was a vivid, and I got an amazing tinted cap from it. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> it's. It, I sent it to you already. Wow. <laughs> But yeah, I thought that was cool. And I'm still mad at the fact that complimentary colors are called complementary.
0: Well, another they're called rival.
1: Yep, Rival colors, baby. Speaking of rivals, I talked about
0: mine a little bit already. Mm-hmm. But what about you? Real life rivals.
1: Yeah. So a few weeks ago when we did the family one, it was funny because I had to mention the premise of this entire month to my mom and my mom knew who my rival was. Going to be like who I was going to talk about Uh, because growing up I would enter the Indianapolis State Fair and all these like local art competitions and every single year there was there was an artist named Katie Whipple who who would always make amazing paintings and she would always win. And I never Katie met her Whipple. for like four years. So like four years we're competing against each other in all he of these events. She was just a events. name on a sticker to you. Yeah. I never met her at all. And i was just like, Katie Whipple. Like, <laughs> like. <laughs> and, that's, that's such a good like child rival name. Yeah. <laughs> Katie Whipple. Yeah. yeah, dude. Um, And. And her work is fantastic. She's still an artist. She still does amazing oil paintings. But her work just like blew me away uh, growing up. Um, and I used to always be like, this is the year I'm going to beat Katie Whipple. Um, and it never happened. I think I, I would always get second to her first. Uh, but I finally met her as a senior in high school. And she was so nice. And I just remember like us chatting and, and me kind of like joking to her like you you've been my like r- r- art rival for like three and a half years now, and like she just kind of laughed, she was like, oh like yeah i i I always saw your name and stuff, it basically kind of reiterated like, oh like yeah, like I always you know you pushed know me to you. like you know keep going basically mm-hmm. um." And honey,
0: fucking honey, <laughs> rival, right? This is a cutie pie, honey, rival. Get out of here! And it was funny because I
1: almost, I almost messaged her the other day on Instagram because, like, we both follow each other, and like I said, she's still doing fantastic work. And if you check out, if you look at Katie Whipple, you'll find her on Instagram. Um, and I almost reached out to her, to just be like, "Hey, thanks for being like a really great like art rival growing up. Thanks
0: for doing nothing like but good work." And yeah. motivating me to be a better artist because of it. Yeah, you know, like she didn't she she didn't set out to do that. Yeah, she didn't set out to change the trajectory of your life and make you work harder. But just by the nature of doing the stuff that she was doing, she did. Yeah, and
1: that's cool. And and also just the fact that like she was such a nice, down to earth person that like she was kind of the perfect rival because it wasn't like it, it there was no chance of that ever turning into a uh, An enemy negative. Ship. Yeah. An enemy ship. There's, and so you were gonna... talking
0: to your mom and yeah. you said you were gonna talk about rivals and she was like, Oh, Katie Whipple.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, that's <laughs> I was like, I laughed and I was like, that is who I'm gonna talk about. <laughs> like <laughs> this is exactly that's who her? I was gonna talk about. Um
0: that's adorable.
1: Yeah. Like that was definitely the first, the first art rival I had.
0: Do you, This might be a hard question to spring on you right now. Go for Do it. Do you have a current
1: rival? I think I have multiple because I feel like now with our little, you know, convention family and like that cr- crew, I feel like there's a lot of healthy rivalries. Of a rivalry, like, yeah. Of like we each person kind of has a thing that they excel in, which kind of influenced my answer earlier for the, the, would you rather? Because I was like, oh, there are people in, in our group of friends, like, you know, there are a lot of things that Timothy does that I'm just like, oh my God, like he does so well at, you know, X, Y, and Z. I, and, and those things have pushed me to improve my own art, my own convention setup. Most recently I can think of Timothy's set up for his pins at cons because he came up with this really smart way to showcase them. And I think I've talked about it before where it's like attached to a string and you can pull it out and look at it and then put it back. Um, and I was really inspired by that, but I didn't, I, I recognized the fact that what he did wouldn't work for my pins. So I couldn't, it's not a matter of like, Oh, I'll just do the same thing, attach strings to mine. But it inspired me to go a step further than just pinning my pins into a piece of foam core with the prices on it. And it made me come up with the idea to put like an LED light around the inside yeah. of, of the frame.
0: Yeah. There's people in this group who are good at marketing themselves online. There's people in this group who are good at talking to others in person, of collaborating, mm-hmm. of uh, there are people who are better painters, people who are better at graphite work, draftsmen, storytellers, you name it. Yeah. And everybody's got different strengths.
1: Yeah. And so I think I absolutely have rivals now, but I'm not, since I'm older, I'm not so concerned about beating them. It's more of like, oh, what can I learn from them? And then in return, I try to make sure that I'm available to offer them any advice or or knowledge if they want it.
0: You know, talking about this this week, and l- bringing rivals into this entire month of being thankful for uh, influential people in our lives, right? Mm-hmm. It's making me think that our stories around rivals are too simple. Are like movies that depict rivalries, TV shows that depict rivalries, don't get it quite right. Because mm-hmm. I often see them in um, kids' media. Yeah, I don't see a lot of complex. Right. Well, hmm. Maybe I'm not
1: looking for it, because now I'm thinking of like... I feel like in adult media, it tends to be the whole like, oh, you like that person? I also like that person. I'm going to ask them out. And it's like, blah. It's Basic. It's Simple. Yeah. Rivalries are complicated. Because I would even say
0: that I have a rivalry with you. <laughs> he, he made a, a surprised <laughs> face. Yeah, I feel, I feel a rivalry with you, because I want to catch up to you. I want to be at your level when it comes to conventions.
1: Are we the yin and yang of each other? Because I feel that way when it comes to, like, improv games and doing this sort of thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what's interesting about a rivalry, right? Like, it doesn't need to be this, like, this or that um, ping pong race who's better. i Deku
1: to your Bakugo.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, but, But also, no, because what I'm saying is that the Deku and Bakugo dynamic is too simple for what this is. Yeah. Hopefully, that TV show we'll take it in the more complex direction. So it's not just a Sasuke Naruto, let's punch each other really hard and then resolve our issues. But c- because I th- I think there might be room in storytelling to tell more complicated rivalry stories that aren't just who's going to win the race mm-hmm. and are instead complicated and interesting um, friendships that are more than just friendships. Because I would say that between you and I, while we are there for each other emotionally and have fun together,
1: mm-hmm.
0: there is also an element of competition between the two of us. Yeah. And not in a negative way, but I don't have that with all of my friends. Yeah.
1: I get that. It's almost like you and I are in a, a, a what is it? The three-legged race where it's like, you you control one half, I control the other half. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> one leg at a time.
0: Yeah, yeah. The best way to win a three-legged race is, well, hmm, how do I want to say this? If you're in a three-legged race with your rival, you don't want to beat your rival. You want to cross the finish line together. Yeah.
1: You don't want to just go in a circle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so much more interesting. Yeah. Anyway, planting some seeds for uh, my eventual Amazon ebook. (laughs) I'll make some passive income off. Yeah.
1: Now that we've talked about rivals, do you have an artist that you want to share this week? I do. Yoshi Yoshitani
0: nice. is the artist that I've chose, chosen for our rivalry week because I think they're so rad, dude. Like what Yoshi Yoshitani is doing with their whole like branding and presentation and what they're selling and why they're selling it. I love it so much. Um and it makes me want to work harder.
1: Yeah. My brain is trying to figure out a way to describe this work. It's beautiful. Oh my God. It's so beautiful. It's incredible
0: colors, a full range of the rainbow. Yeah. Um, A lot of pattern work. Yeah. A lot of pattern work, a lot of uh, East Asian influence in this work. They're also clearly a designer. Yeah. The balance and flow in these illustrations are complex and breezy. Mm hmm. But like what I respect so much about Yoshi's work is how they make more than just prints from it. Mm-hmm. So they have a tarot deck that's coming out. Beneath the Moon is the next new thing. Yep. The, they have a Kitsune jacket collection oh, wait, wait. that I'm I want so bad. It's two hundred and twenty dollars. So it's like <sighs> that's a Christmas
1: gift. Oh, I've seen that jacket.
0: Oh, yeah, it's you've reversible. Seen that jacket? It's <laughs>
1: yeah, it's reversible. Fuck. I want to make stuff like this. I love this. Any of our friends listening to this, I'm a size small. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we could share We could share jackets. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you have to wear the outside part and I wear it the inside Yeah, Dibs on the red forth. sleeves.
1: Yeah, dibs on the yellow sleeves, I guess. Oh, yeah. Look at that. We're on brand. Can you imagine so if cool. we had the same damn jacket and we did like drink and draws at like a con in the future and you just wore it the side with the yellow sleeves and I wore it the side with the red <laughs> sleeves, <laughs> but it's the same jacket. Oh my God. It's so good. It's so
0: good. Everything they do is just so good. Oh. And it's, it's like, why didn't I think of that's up and down? My favorite pins. I don't own any of these because I don't have like my full bisexual style established yet but once i get the button ups man Mm -hmm. i'm investing in the pins that have the chain that go uh connect the two so you wear one on your left lapel and one on your right or i guess collar one on your left collar one on your right collar and then the chain goes in between the two of them you know she's got a bunch of those for sale and they're so fun and cool and simple their con setup is like the number one one that i want to
1: emulate oh that is a very wonderful booth i love how oh yes oh it's so well designed i'm coming for you yoshi you don't even know who i am The pops of red in their booth is just so perfectly like laid out it's fresh to death everything is so good if i i'm saying it right here if i do well enough at emerald city comic con i'm buying that jacket
0: yeah yeah Fuck you dude. I want I'm the one who wanted that jacket. You can, you can buy that jacket before I buy okay, that jacket. Okay. okay. Bitch, I'm okay. your rival. I'm gonna buy that jacket before you buy that jacket.
1: <laughs> this is how rivalry works.
0: Yeah, so that's Yoshi. They're a rival of mine. They don't know I exist, but I know they exist, and I will conquer them before. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm going to try to one-up you and have a better pick next week. (laughs) Do it, dare you, dude. (laughs) It'll just make the show better. And if you want to help make the show better, you can tweet at us at yourartfriends, just like Indominus Mex did this week with a tweet that still blows my mind. Indominus Mex said, listening to your art friends is my favorite thing to do while I'm slicing brains. Brain emoji, what? knife emoji, smile emoji.
0: What? What does that mean? Really
1: hoping this isn't a Dexter situation and this is more of a research as a doctor situation.
0: Are you, do you do doctor stuff?
1: Also, I feel like if we're making you laugh, I feel like not a good combination for slicing brains.
0: Right? So part of me is like, wait, we're a- the dream is that we're a bad podcast for slicing brains because then you do it poorly because you're laughing yeah. so hard. But if we're not making you laugh and you're able to easily slice through brains the way that you intended to, yeah. that's a failure on our part.
1: Or so, are we training you to tune out any distraction, whether funny or not? Our podcast would
0: be very good to train one to tune out bullshit. <laughs> yes,
1: yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with that one. <laughs> it's an exercise Yeah, in focus. Tweet at us at your art friends, or you can email us at your art at gmail.com, just like Court Rogers did. Uh, Court sent us a very lovely message um, and shared some of their experience in collaborating with different teams of directors, designers, producers as a costume designer. Oh, yeah,
0: that is a, a job that is incredible. Like it requires so much of people and no one really recognizes the absolute value of the costume designer with the whole team. Yeah. Props
1: to you. Props to
0: all costume designers out there. I, I see you. I know
1: your worth. Yeah. So if you want to shoot us a message, uh, reach out via Twitter or email.
0: You can find me at Beth B Rad all over the internet. I have a I updated my link tree, so now that's
1: that's the thing. And yeah, you can find all my stuff at the link, uh at the card link in the show notes. And with that, we've come to the end of the podcast.
0: Sometimes we were serious and sometimes it was just tomfoolery. Shout out to famed 16th century court jester Tom Fool. But that's just what you get when two friends who met because of a shared love of making things and a bare ass sit down together.
1: You mean two rivals? Oh. Two rivals met because of a shared love of making things and a bare ass. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Your Art Friends is a Park Media
1: production. Our music is by Andrew Smith. You can listen to his music on Spotify and iTunes under the name Makeshift Radio.